Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Bear Guys and Tua T Fitness. The Everything Sequel podcast contains explicit language. Because we learned it from you, Dad. Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is still a 2009 single sequel edition. Today we talk Into the Blue to the Reef. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, the man diving into your (laughs) dreams, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. What do you have for him today, Tom? Plus that chick wants my knob. (laughs) <laughs> where is this guy supposed to be from it's like valley girl mixed with cockney <laughs> we're gonna have a good time oh this is all about a good time <laughs> this is uh, you know you get you, you get your, D- your dvd a bottle of wine and you're gonna have uh-huh. a great night <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'd, yeah, I, I'm. It's so amazing that we're that we're both so taken by this, you know, <laughs> odd duck of a movie. A, apparently, you know, to to all intents and purposes, shit movie. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, well, we'll we'll get there. I, just as we were starting, I started laughing to myself because I, I, I said I, I didn't write down any box office shit. What's wrong with this movie? Why didn't I do that? And then I remembered that it's direct-to-video and there is no information on how much this movie cost, how much movie it made. <laughs> but I can tell you that it's uh, Red yet box. another... Red box office. Yeah. That's all we two, know that, about these. Yet another 2009 film uh, with 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, Come on, people, live a little. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I will tell you this, though. I don't know why I'm so inclined to defend this movie, but I really feel strongly about it. Me too. I am most surprised. This podcast has broken me. That's what's happened. <laughs> I have something to say right after the credits that'll kind of put in perspective how I felt about the movie. But first, let's talk about Stephen Herrick, because (laughs) this is the director of this movie. Okay, thank you for clarifying. (laughs) (laughs) I assume that was where you were going with it, but... (laughs) He directed this movie for a direct-to-video sequel. You don't think you're going to get the guy who directed Critters, Bill and, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, The Mighty Ducks, The Three Musketeers, what? the one with... Uh, Kiefer Sutherland? You know, Charlie Sheen and Kiefer Sutherland, and yeah. He directed okay, well, Mr. Holland's it, Opus when he was, I, I guess, trying to get Oscar nominations. Uh, 101 Dalmatians, Holy Man, Rockstar, Man of the House. This guy's been in charge of major motion pictures in Hollywood for quite some time. So what happened? I don't know. Why is he direct? <laughs> why by 2009 is he directing Into the Blue 2, The Reef? And why is it... Where did all that cachet go? Where, why does it look not great, but is still good and fun to watch? 
Is it Maybe. is it just him? Like, well, how does what what is well, the now math? I think it is. Yeah, like what's the math equation that mm. that makes this such is a it, watchable film? Is it just that a director like that can make a movie like this in his sleep, and that and that's why it goes down so easy? Maybe, maybe, yeah. I don't know. It's never aggressively uh, out of tune. That's why no. you know you yeah. know, you know what I mean. Like the the sort of it's in tune with what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. There are no like you know there are no uh, off notes in the entire movie. Well, but there <laughs> there are. <laughs> <laughs> But they are never going to rub you the wrong way. No, that's I mean, it. I think that's a better way of putting it, yeah. They're never going to... Because that's one of my top notes. So, I mean, first, I noticed that we have the MGM logo and we have the good one, the original one, with an actual lion. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, okay. I may... Now, do we have a... Go ahead. No, I... I, I... Where did you watch this? Max, maybe? Okay. I don't remember seeing the MGM logo, but it could oh, be that. Oh, well, I got one. Okay, good. Now, do we have a typewritten thing over sure. the front <laughs> about six billion in treasure in the oceans? <laughs> right? We have an open... The last thing I thought this movie was going to begin with was a piece of factual on-screen text. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially, but after the ellipsis, after the dot, 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 that's when you realize it's just made up bullshit. <laughs> like, it, it has the appearance <laughs> sure. of, of, like, coming from some document, and then it says, still waiting to be found. I'm like, well, yeah. how could you possibly know that? <laughs> <laughs> that tells me what, what you just said was bullshit. <laughs> the most confusing start to a film ever. I like the title Over the Falling Uzi. <laughs> I well, thought my... that was special. <laughs> it is special. <laughs> special is the right word. I have the note that the, the names of the actors drop to the bottom of the ocean about as heavily yeah. as the gun does. Yes. <laughs> because I don't recognize a one of them. And don't they sort of, don't all the names and the titles sort of shiver yeah. out of existence? They do. Like they they're... do, and it's got. Yeah, it's got that fate sense. It's kind of, it's where <laughs> that effect and it not rendering properly kind yeah, of right, meet right. in the middle. <laughs> but I, I kept wondering as I was watching it how much it was going to bother you because it seemed like one of those slow moving water things that you would think you're what? you're telling me that what you're doing is grand and special, but yeah, what you're really doing is slowing up the credits. <laughs> Well, that's the true testament to how good this movie is, because gratuitous swimming in turtles is not the way to get me invested in a movie in the first few minutes. Sure. But I overcame that hurdle and ended up really <laughs> liking it. So this, this movie overcame its Thunderball problem. Yeah. Well, we uh, watched some cases <laughs> fall. right, Like right after that yes. ellipses and the waiting to be found, is that Guns when the cases, cases. fall? <laughs> Guns and cases fell to the, the bottom of the sea. And we get Honolulu seen at night and blurry, disguising wherever it was they filmed. Yeah, right. They, I guess it's cheaper to hire an actor to translate 
what someone's saying on screen than to pay for someone to subtitle the film retrospectively because uh-huh. we have we have a we have like a guy speaking in Sp- is it spanish he's, no he's speaking in uh, uh, uh... his native language an island language i think was it island or okay maybe yeah Maybe. And then there's someone ne- then there's a translator next to him translating what he said into English and it's a bit like, <laughs> you know, we don't really have the budget to send it a movie away, get someone to subtitle it. Let's just have you say what he's saying. Right. In English. We'll hire an extra actor. Uh but what I noticed, so this was this'll this'll kind of encompass how I feel about the movie because that interpretation is going on and they're talking to the silver haired baddie. Yeah. That I know immediately we're going to see in the first two minutes and the last two minutes of the movie. And that's it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, he's, he, he's like, he, to me, he screams soap opera doctor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. He's, the, he's, He's the guy that wish he had the the career path that went down the road of Dr. Daniel Chalice. He yes, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> absolutely, I don't know one hundred percent what you mean. And he's speaking, and the way you can tell that he's that he's from the world of soap opera is that he speaks phonetically. So yes, exactly. That's what I want to bring up is that okay, <laughs> he is speaking phonetically and. He is trying to sell his badness in a way that immediately makes me say to myself, oh, so this is the level of the movie and everyone in it. And yet I'm perfectly okay. (laughs) Like that's the magic sauce for this movie. You know what it is? Nothing is bothering me. Nothing like I, I think to myself, I'm watching a bad actor do bad work and I'm having a good time. You know what it is? It's a, it's a see through movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah, is, yeah. I mean, it's it's it's, uh, it's everything transparent. is so transparent. So trans. Yes. Exactly. And and I think, as I said in the ranking episode, where that can be off putting in a movie like this, it's incredibly reassuring. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it allows it to be enjoyable. I think. So what I'm interested in now, knowing that it's directed by Stephen Herrick and like seeing all the work that he's done, yes. I'm fascinated to know about, you know, somebody said, hey, I want you to direct this movie. He said, sure. Like, did he try for it? Like, yeah, he calls Jessica Alba. Did he did he ring up Paul oh. Walker or was Paul Walker gone by 2009? That was later, right? No, I, 2015 I was, or so. I, <laughs> He just pretended he was dead at this point, so he didn't have to do it. <laughs> so he didn't have to do this movie. <laughs> and then, but, and then, in a kind of t- terrible Twilight Zone tragedy, yeah, right. Twilight Zone like tragedy, he actually died. Yes. Well, I'm just curious, you know, to, like, could he not get anybody he wanted? And then he got all of these actors <laughs> this and is, just said, you, "I'm going to make saying, the best of it." <laughs> well, he does, but I mean, it's a. a but it's weird that he's able to telling. What's that? A sure hand at storytelling yeah, exactly. is yeah. evident here. That's the least you can say about the director of this movie. And it's like if a director's confronted with actors that may not be up to snuff, maybe they're not quite as good as what he's normally worked with. Yeah. Is there something 
like can a director inherently who's good at their job can they just pitch the movie at the right frequency yes. that we don't we are not bothered by the bad acting is that what's going on here I think you know that's why in cinema the the auteur theory is about the director not the writer because right I think that idea of of pitching the movie is the art of direction yeah where's your your what pitch what frequency is your movie at <laughs> and this movie is it it's you know to to, to borrow to borrow an image from the film it's plain sailing mm-hmm. yes all the way through. I noticed that we get credits, a cold open, and credits. I have the same note, lukewarm open here. Yeah. Uh, actually, my my, my my note is apparently we're still in the middle of the title sequence. <laughs> so it's I not say... quite a lukewarm, a lukewarm, because that's in, when, when movies do that, it's intentional. But this just kind of like the titles come back in as if they'd forgotten to finish as them. As if they forgot like, to finish oh, them, right. Actually, we forgot to put these Oops. up. Oops. Uh, By the way, these people worked now? on this film. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking to the silver-haired baddie, I, I wrote down that he's not selling his badness even with his accent. Right. Love it. I don't know if I would blow this note now, but I thought they really missed a trick not casting George Lazenby in this role. Because this guy <laughs> looks course. exactly like George Lazenby looks now. That's and, great. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, Bond in here. Well, the next thing I wrote after <laughs> after the, the, the lukewarm credits, I wrote, we have a, a diploma slash Magnum PI split screen. That's exactly what it is. Split screen, montage, slow motion, tits and ass, underwater shooting. Every technique you can think of, just throw it at the wall. GoPro, right? Being wielded uh, as if it's cutting edge, which it probably (laughs) wasn't. Like a blunt tool. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But this is the... This this sounds so ridiculous, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but into the blue to the reef. But I I felt the thrill of being able to take a phone camera underwater. You know what I mean? Yes, right, right. I do. Like, somehow this movie captured the, the, like, how desirable it would be for that very... That, that very brief moment in 2009 where GoPros was the future of storytelling. Yes, right. So some seriously bad matching to batch back projections when we get above the water and yeah. introduced to our, our leads. And, and luckily, the dialogue and dynamics are just as unclear and clunkily done as the back projection yeah. matching. So we're, we're, again, everything's working at the same level in this movie. That guy, what's his name? Chris Carmack? Yeah. What a great name to write down for a character. Sebastian. <laughs> Sebastian is our lead guy. Anyway. Yeah. He and I was supposed to think oh go on, sorry. Well yeah, I was just gonna say that he's got this line somewhere towards the beginning where he says, I don't wanna be a I don't wanna be a dive bum. Yes. And and it was in that moment that I realized this movie is pitched exactly at the same level of like an eighties ski movie comedy is. Mm, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like Definitely. Except in like except the the like ski patrol or whatever it is in those movies. That's this is that's his job. He's the the dive bum. And he can be so yeah. much more, Tom. He's got so much more inside of him. <laughs> 
Yeah, and and you know we 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 find out that because they're taking a client out on the water mm-hmm. through through <laughs> through the contrast with her, we know our lead two leads are better than just beach, beach trash because right. they drink water and they they read upside uh, they read upside down. <laughs> <laughs> But that's very noticeable. She's having like alcohol, and they're just drinking water. Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to think that Stephen Herrick did that deliberately. But <laughs> it reads again; it's transparent, right? You know exactly what you're supposed to think about these two versus versus her. Yes, and her right. being on screen is telling you everything you need to know about them. <laughs> this is where we start lingering on the near lovemaking. Yeah, there's lots of that, and is, it's. Because there's, there's, it's, it's like, there's two couples worth, right? Right. Yeah. So we get, this, so yeah, this is, it's a, we get the, because a quartet, two couples. Yes. Uh, the other guy, we're introduced to to the the guy from the other couple, who does the worst hungover acting I've ever seen. That's my, my note. I mean, That's he, my exact note. You want to know what I wrote down? This I guy's s- never been hungover <laughs> ever in his, in his life. I wrote down he's not exactly like Paul Newman in The Sting. No, and I think he obviously thinks that uh, Peter Falk must be playing hungover when he's doing Columbo. Because that's those are all his choices. Uh, yeah, I love the fact that we can in the in the apartment. There's Kama Sutra paintings on the wall. Yes, like we need to suggest sexiness and intellect simultaneously. A famous sex book. At the same time, they're trying to be relevant to the 2000s because somebody says, I feel like I'm being sexually harassed. Yes, that's right. Yeah. But it's it's j- joke humor between couples, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my next note is, well, those tits didn't need much co- coaxing to come out of the bed sheets. And he only went in there... For- he only went in there for a t-shirt. Yeah, I wrote down, <laughs> great unnecessary tit. <laughs> By the way, those t-shirts tell us more about what those characters do for jobs than the screenplay has done up. True. It? Yeah. Because we find out, uh, like they have they have their business uh, logos on there, mm-hmm. and I, and and that's the first time it's been clarified what they actually do. What they actually do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what their business is. And this is the point where the uh, the evil British couple come in to corrupt the sun-stroked hippie surfer couple. Yeah, but be- right before that, because it's kind of going to come up later, right before that, his friend tells this story of how he's a... He tells the story of how he's a cheating asshole. Yeah. And asks, you know, he's like, you guys gotta help me. And they're both fed up with him, but yet for some reason, they still help their friend who's, I don't know, cheating or not cheating. I, that's... Well- in the yeah, but in the this is this is a this this movie is a religious parable. Yes, right. Yeah, and in the religious parable, he's punished by losing his his girlfriend. Yeah, he he, that, that was a bold he's choice. He's punished for his transgressions. He is. Yeah. Oh man, I I can't wait. To I get can't, it. I'm so very excited to, to get to that point. That movie, especially this movie surprised the, the most, hell out of me. Oh man, and she's the most she's the most recognizable actress in the movie right. as well. Um. <laughs> But well, this I, I <laughs> so I vaguely recognize these two. Uh, David Anders has been in a lot of CW yeah. shows. He's the yeah, 
and uh, I actually, and I met some, for some reason, I've mentioned the show before on this podcast multiple times. <laughs> uh, the the Brit- British TV show, uh, detective show called Pie in the Sky. Yeah. About Henry Crabb, a retired police detective who becomes a chef. And she was one of the waitresses. The girl that plays Azra? Yeah. Marsha Thomason? That's it, yeah. She I was, think so she's she one of the, the with Richard Griffiths. better actors in this whole movie. Well, both of, like, based on their resumes, both of them have carved out a pretty decent a good life for American themselves. Television. Yeah. They're, they've got some NCISs yeah. and, you know, various CW shows under there. Uh, only, of course, only one of them is actually British. <laughs> because, again, the you can't let two British actors play two British people. No, no, never. So David Anders is, is American. It even says on his IMDb, even though he is American. Yeah, I saw that. Sometimes, <laughs> yes. You saw that he sometimes yeah. plays roles. Whereas a, using a British home county's accent. <laughs> and that's far more specific than he understands about the accent he's doing. <laughs> so they're going to show up. I wrote down the rich folk come to chat about San Cristobal. Yeah. The symbolism is so, even at this stage, is so clear. They've come to, like, you know, they're... They come to corrupt these two. Yeah, of course. You know, the the, the beach is like the Garden of Eden. And they, right, and they kind of, of just serpents. ramp it up. Yeah. You know, it's like, let's just go out. Let's do this. Now, lesson, I got to tell you this. Yeah. Well, how about this? And if you do this, then I'm going to give you this. And now, <laughs> no, fuck you. You have to do it. <laughs> I noticed that this, as we go into the diving montage, um, the, the song sounds like the Key and Peel parody dance tune, Party Don't Stop. <laughs> I know it's not, but that's what it sounds like. Yes. That's what it's based on. Now, is that, do they go back for more diving after they have dinner? Because I have a note here about how Sebastian says that the wine tastes like velvet. Hmm. I don't think, am I, are we at the, are we at the wine? Oh, yeah. We, uh, Which yes, I thought was funny. <laughs> it's like revealing but himself it, as that, not again, much of a wine drinker tastes like velvet again the religious <laughs> symbolism is on point because you know they get seduced by wine right which is fruit so it's literally the forbidden fruit they're, they're set up as these smart hydrated people and now smart. he's down in this <laughs> smart hydrated no, and that's people what's going... yeah i'm gonna make you dumb and i'm gonna dehydrate you that's that's what's going on. Drink this. Um, when they go into the water, all the marine life seems to be refusing to look into the camera as if they've all been bow-fingered into doing this. <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't sign a release to do this. <laughs> and I'm not sure how much Chris Cormack has researched deep-sea diving because he's just hacking into the sand with what looks like a grilling accessory. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's trying, <laughs> and it's, it's just—he's—it looks so certain that that's how it works. Yeah, and I really, I really love that moment because he's got this tongue and he's just kind of <laughs> hacking into the sand. How much can you dig up with that, really? <laughs> well, he finds a piece of the San Cristobal, apparently. Yeah, I, I think if were he a real deep sea diver, I don't think he would have found that piece. <laughs> yeah. I think he would have—he would have broken it in trying to find it. Yeah, I wrote down at one point, sequ- it looks like they have really slow fins. It probably pissed you off. 
Yeah, well, it, it makes Thunderball look like MTV. <laughs> you know, these dive sequences are literally just watching people swimming. And then, you know, after 10 minutes of that, we get some plot. But yeah. <laughs> we're not doing it all at the same time. That's for no, sure. No, 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 never. And we find out that uh, David Anders, evil British man, has a, has a gun. Well, and they find an Uzi too, right? They find an Uzi, yeah, uh, which is more sort of loss of innocence. Sure. It's like a kind of writing exercise to make up a story about a random pop prop you've been given. It's like, this movie's <laughs> going to be about Uzis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we're... Uh, and then we go back, yeah. I was going to say, we like, are you almost to the volleyball game with the cast of Survivor? Well, yeah, we go back to the... So, our, you know, in the, la- the last movie we did, the transitional device was Google Maps. In this movie, it's that tits and ass split screen. Split screen, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, uh, like you say, Magnum P.I. all over. <laughs> Maybe we should take a break and come back. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's take the lead of the movie. We'll and, transition. Uh, transition. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're going we're gonna to take a break and come back, and I, I just... I have to solve this mystery of, of what happened in the casting of this movie. I am fascinated by all of this. It certainly takes a left turn in this thing, I'll say. All right, we'll be right back. I like to think I know something about beer. But nowadays, even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day, you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need. The Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are, trying to decipher the code of Into the Blue to the Reef. How is it this movie is so enjoyable? <laughs> mm. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really takes off. I, I, it's it's uh, this is still rocky waters in terms of of uh, quality. I think Cer- <laughs> certainly of quality, but you know when the baddies show up. You know, when when David Anders and Marsha Thomason show up, Hmm. you know immediately that they're up to no good as the viewer. There's nothing for you to figure out. You know what I mean? There's no pretense that anything else is happening. Yeah, exactly. You know 
what the characters don't know, and you have to just kind of wait for them to figure it out. <laughs> but that's sati- that's satisfying. It is, you know, yeah. I, I I don't disagree. You don't have to piece anything together. I think it's very funny. And but you know that we're into the volleyball. <laughs> into the volleyball so we have scene. this volleyball match, and they are. Right. It seems to be high stakes. <laughs> For yes, for does. the beach community. <laughs> well, I mean, it would be, wouldn't it? Because these are volleyball champions playing. Yes, right? well, that's clear. That's your, yeah, playing but, themselves. So, but they're playing against the of... cast of Survivor. Yeah. What I find amazing. So we have uh, two women. Yeah. From Survivor. Uh, okay. Pavardi, Shallow, and Amanda Kimmel. But -hmm. what I find interesting is she's playing herself. They call her Pavardi in this movie. Right, but Audrina from the Hills isn't playing herself. Exactly, yes. So she's she's the actual girlfriend of a character, Yeah. 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 And so to me, I can't figure out what the fuck this movie's doing at this point because they have many different reality characters coming to life on screen, some as themselves, some as characters. What is it that you're trying to do or tell us? I am fascinated by all of this. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I mean, you can only imagine they were there. Um, Want to be in a movie? This was the scene that they... I, I mean, uh, uh, at least... Are you a Survivor watcher, by the way? Cause... No. No, I, I have no context for it. I have watched... I, see, I know it from the other side, so I'm more, far more familiar with Audrina from the Hills. From the Hills? The okay. Yeah. Well, I love and, Survivor. And, mm. man, I loved Amanda. We do a thing for that show where we, we pick our horse on the very first episode, like who you think's going to win. And I you, picked her twice horse, yeah. in a row. So I picked her to win her first, and then she came back for like a all-star kind of season. And both times she got to the end of the, the last she night. She survived twice. And did not win. But oh. she was fantastic, Tom. I loved her. I wanted her to win. But she doesn't get to speak. Mm. And she doesn't really get to speak. And Pavardi is doing all the, like, <laughs> I just, well, I, she does have one line where she says something about, how much they suck at volleyball or something like that. But Mm. I am just fascinated by this reality show angle that this movie goes for and why it's there. Because it's not like they're pulling off a great bit of acting. You know what I mean? It's not like they they play any part in the plot. No, yeah, they don't matter at all. This is their only scene. Even Audrina... She gets one more scene, I think. Right? Yeah, she makes an auspicious entrance, and then they start speeding up the film. Or, sorry, the video. When she starts speaking. <laughs> yes. Like, well, clearly, clearly didn't think, think much of her acting skills. Yeah. And she looks a little different to me in this movie, than certainly than her picture on IMDb. Mm. I don't know. She looks I, different than... I don't have any... I'm afraid I don't have any information on that. Sorry. Okay, fine. I'm not that much of a Hills fan to know. Yeah, I, I never she, really watched she, a full episode of The Hills. Her side of it's a bit more explicit, explicable, especially as they give her a character name, because I think she was trying a hand at uh-huh. dramatic acting in film and TV. Mm-hmm. But 
the Survivor Girls, I, I don't haven't seen them in anything else. No, yeah. I don't think they were looking for careers uh, in film and TV. They probably have their own podcast. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> if two schmucks like us can do it, then... Anybody can. And anybody can. You should the watch Sopranos Survivor, kids. though, Tom. It's the first and the best, baby. It's too late. It's too late. It's too much of it or out there. Uh, you like, start. No way I'm going to catch up. You have to start where you are right now. Yeah, but then I'm at a lot. Then I don't have the... That's like, you know, that's like... <laughs> what, are you afraid you're going to get only lost? Only watching... Yeah, it's not like only watching A Good Day to Die Hard. It's not going to work. You're like Costanza. <laughs> yes, right. I need to see... I'm watching Home Alone. Did Home you already Alone. watch Home Alone 2? Yeah, but I didn't see the first one. I was completely lost. It's great. That should be... It. That's like our slogan. That should be our slogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well... Uh, what's this guy? Who's the real asshole? Is that is that Rand Holdren Avery? The the stinky in the group. The what? <laughs> the Newman of this going back to your Seinfeld. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of like the boyfriend. The, uh, the boyfriend of the Hills. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, Rand. Yeah. Uh, Rand is Avery. Rand is the actor. Or is he Mace? Rand. No, Mace is the the uh, that's the friend Mercia Monroe's yes yeah boyfriend okay Rand Holdren is the actor the character is called Avery that's the asshole yes he plays a pretty good asshole he's great yeah he's exact exactly exactly what you need in that role I was very curious if they just found yeah. An asshole. Plenty of, plenty or, of them hanging around beach communities, right? Isn't there? Or, we know this or if this guy is maybe an actual good actor, that's what I was curious about. No, I, I didn't. I didn't look him up, but uh, he's uh, he fills the role perfectly. They really give him and uh, Audrina. Audrina is that her name? Mm-hmm. Audrina Partridge. Yeah. They they get they give her a lot of screen time as she yells at him. About what an asshole But they speed is. it up, so it kind of cancels it out. Right. <laughs> uh, I like this uh, strobe slow motion club that they go into. We get more... Uh-huh. We get more unnecessary we get the Rorschach, tips. The Rorschach split screen, you know, where it yes. kind of yeah. splits in the middle. Uh, it's just like running wild with the video effects. Probably mm-hmm. Stephen Herrick's like, goes, what's this one do? And this one. <laughs> uh, is there any way we could do them all? Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> can we Star Wars this bitch? Yeah, so, absolutely. It's, just, it's like when uh, Homer gets hold of the video editing. Yeah, software. Star Wipe and, and, Star Wipe and we're uh, out. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got the same note here. Why are we spending so much time with this couple? The lap dance. Uh, we get the the wet and wild lap dance. Yeah. <laughs> but then but then then I guess a more a more sort of existential note was why do any of these couples' lives matter? <laughs> so <laughs> right. I obviously got that sense from the movie that well, we might as well spend time with these people because nothing matters. Yeah, the know, movie the movie's the, gonna try and the fo- <laughs> the end of innocence. <laughs> doesn't doesn't that guy, doesn't Avery fuck around with Azra somehow like she shows she shows she shows the characters what the audience already knows which is she's kind yeah. of a baddie and dangerous mm-hmm. right 
and this is this is where we 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 go into get into the Indiana Jones of it all, mm-hmm. uh, with the sort of well, it's it's interesting because the movie <laughs> there's a religious relic treasure, but it's not the MacGuffin of the movie, mm-hmm. right? The MacGuffin of the movie is some warheads lying at the warheads, bottom of the right. ocean, right? <laughs> which we don't know at this point. Yeah. But at this point, we but we could guess that it's is, not what they've said they're looking for, though, right? Right, but they are also looking for it. This shipwreck, yeah. Right, this this so it's kind of interesting, and again, it just feeds into the whole sort of it's a religious relic, so it feeds into the whole religious parable aspect of the movie. Uh, I love it. The does David feel Anders. Indiana Jones? Yeah, they're trying to make it that important. But it's kind of interesting that it, it's a red herring. But it's a red herring until it's at the ending. Until of the movie it's not. Until yeah. It, t- until it's the end gonna of the movie be... suggests that's what it was all about. Yeah. It, it, it until it's going it to be like... the device to make our couple happy. Right. Um, David Anders pretends to be an importer exporter. It's funny that we're talking about George Costanza because that's yeah. That he pretends to be Vandalay. Yeah. <laughs> what do you import? Big long matches. <laughs> And this is this is where this is where we find out. Is this where we find out? Well, this is where we find out that they're kind of. It's like them. they. I the wrote down. The, I, I wrote down that Carlton tells them the truth for some reason. Yeah. Not knowing that it wasn't the full truth yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Avery, or not Avery, uh, Azra, she's got she's got that great line where she says. You owe them the truth. Tell them the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but all of that sort of is to build more trust. That's a house of cards. Yeah. I mean, it's all bullshit. They're just going to threaten their lives soon anyway. But mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, is but it? But it's fun, Tom. It's fun. It's fun it's to great. watch. You know? And also, it's not a bad way of doing exposition because I like I like the idea of one character urging the other to do exposition. Yeah, right. It makes it seem right. unnatural. Let's go. Go on, tell them. Yeah. We meet Paul the sheriff at this point. Yeah, I wrote cop so is another. Fu- I wrote down the cop's another bad actor. I love this movie. <laughs> he is a really bad actor. He's also he's also a bad character as well. Yeah. Because um, the, it, it shows us that the town's Brody is also their mayor. Yeah, right. <laughs> And it's just a nice way to let us know that legal ramifications are not going to be a problem. Not going to be a part of this, yeah. Yeah, this is your John Wick, no cops, mm-hmm. no cops in this world, or only cops in this world are not going to ask enough questions to find out what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote down, uh, we have lots of underwater shots with slow dissolves. Tom might be upset. Yeah, well, the other thing is, like, the, the shot of the boat leaving the harbor, no matter how much ominous music you put under it, it's still just a shot of a just boat, a boat leaving the harbor. Leaving, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you could make. I, I wonder if, if, if uh, at one point I thought, is this movie just made entirely of outtakes from IMAX underwater documentaries? Like they just went to the people who made them and went, have hey, you got we, any footage that. Could, the, anything you, you didn't use? You're not gonna use and yeah. it doesn't look great we've it, like going with the garden of eden symbolism we even have like 
Adam fucking it up for Eve. So it's it's they've even got that part of the story down because mm-hmm. it's all Chris's. Uh, Chris draws her into it, right? Rather than than her actively seeking corruption. Yes. Did you did you wonder where all the people of color were on this island at any point? Yeah. But I also did they even consider populating the background with any non-whites? I I also reconciled it with sort of the idea of like yeah the, I mean there's plenty of island shots where yes you could have could, could have done that but they're also like by themselves at dinner by themselves on the boat <laughs> like like the, this they movie got plausible deniability yeah this movie didn't give itself a lot of opportunities uh to to do anything other than you know it, there there's few enough opportunities where they could say listen this is just who was available that day I mean you know uh, we wanted to but <laughs> <laughs> it's not a lack of diversity it's a lack of funds yeah yeah interesting yeah i thought i just i it's at one point i just i was like hang on a minute <laughs> the only person of color we've seen is british what's going on here right now they find the crate but they leave it there that surprised me so my my next note is considering the time Jets. constraints with other people looking sure. for shit. You know, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, so you don't want to bring it up right now? We'll just come back tomorrow. <laughs> well, they don't have the time to film it. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. limits what you can do with the story. My next note is angry jet ski waves. Uh, is so that like bef- they need a jet they need a jet ski scene but they have to try and tie it to the emotional state of the characters at the same time. Is that when the the friend is upset? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and we have an angry jet ski. Because he and Kimmy have a fight, right? Mm-hmm. Mace and Kimmy. Yeah. And, and I, wrote down, yeah. I wrote down that we have uh, Kimmy's very frustrated bad acting. <laughs> I wrote bad acting this, a yeah. lot, but none of it bothered me. A, <laughs> Not bother me at all. Yeah, uh, I know there's a hard cut to makeup sex. Yeah, so it asks it asks us to invest emotionally. But I so yeah, I wrote. Superficial it all is. I wrote. Uh, there's a time bomb song with Mace on a jet ski. Is what I wrote in terms yes, of your jet go. ski. See, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is it's these kind of the near love making and the actual sex scenes. It's kind of. I talked about this in the ranking episode. It's in between a normal film and one of those after dark yes, movies. Right. Like it, it's right on the precipice, I think. Yeah. It could like at a development stage, it could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they didn't make a choice and they fell between well, they did, the two. They fell, but they, yeah, they fell between the two. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's not going to satisfy your late night master bird, master Maspatory <laughs> fantasies, right? But I thought but it's it was not going to not do that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. I need not elaborate. <laughs> It'll do in a pinch. Not that I have to pinch it. If you're looking for a boner, you might find one in this movie. If you yeah, just allow it. it. But I thought it was funny how much time this movie spends on making the audience believe that this breakup for a couple we don't care about really is going to happen for real. 
just to follow well, it up with the joke that no, they'll never break up. This is just the way their life is. But it was funny yeah. that that the movie was able to make me feel the frustration that clearly Sebastian and Danny must have with these people being their best friends. Oh, completely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> these people are filth. All of them. Terrible. <laughs> I, I want to, my favorite character in the movie is about to appear. Uh, the, the chef come henchman. <laughs> yes. I want to know so much more about this character and that actor. I will henceforth refer to him as Fabio. As you should. So so I was just, I was just like, he looks so much like Fabio, they should just do a joke about a bird flying into his face. Because <laughs> that's how much he looks like Fabio. And then they this is the thing where I was just like, this is where probably my affection to the movie kind of really crystallized. Because they have a conversation about God. Uh-huh. So at that point, I'm like, whoa, this really is a religious parable. They're not just flirting with, like, you know, biblical imagery. It's overt. They're going. Yeah, they're, they're going committed for it. to this idea. Yeah. They're going for it. And it's crystal clear that's what they're doing. So it's just like, wow, okay, fair, pl- fair play into uh-huh. the blue two. <laughs> You're not doing anything by halves here. No. They go and have dinner with Carlton with their friends, right? Right. Well, we've already had a dinner scene where it was just the two couples. Just the, now, yes. Now we have to add the couples. weird couple. <laughs> and this is the first time we see Fabio, but we've I think we've talked about him before. Oh man. Um. So I mean, we'll have to talk about it more as the movie goes on because of what he becomes. Mm-hmm. But this idea of an all-purpose killer slash cook, to me, is like, yeah. where did they find him? I want to know so much this more. This Him and Steven Seagal, that's in yeah. the Siege. Those They're are the like, only two what we got. need is an assassin. He goes, I can do that. I can cut out hearts. I can chop off legs. Yeah. Uh, I'll eat brains if you want me to. Also, I'm quite a good cook. <laughs> but But here's the thing, and this is why I like this movie, I think is there's no sense that he's not, like, there's no sense that he's pretending to be a chef. No, yeah, no, he can cook. Because they all go, that was amazing. That yeah, food is incredible. Exactly. So, that was a, That was the best meal I've ever and had. And he comes out and he serves the food. So the movie is not telling us that someone else is making the food. No. And I think that's why I like this movie. It's that straightforward. (laughs) It's not trying to pull the wool over your eyes at any point. (laughs) He's not posing as a chef. He's a chef. Yeah, Yeah, he's a chef with a side hustle. He's got a side hustle in uh, henchmanry. Oh, man. Uh, Having set up that the leading lady doesn't like diving at night, she is uh, unsurprisingly forced into that exact situation. Yes. Right. In the scene, we all knew that was coming. Yeah. Uh, I love that But I also, so they look for that crate alone, and I wrote down, Mm -hmm. that's bad juju. Like, she's doing the thing she doesn't like to do. Yep. And and not only does she say, well, I'll go with you, but I'll stay on the boat. And then she's like, what am I going to do? Stay on the boat? She, like, just goes underwater. Yeah. It's great. There's that one Photoshop shark across the screen. It's like, just don't bother. 
I yeah. mean, it's, yeah. we, you know, one shark. I mean, <laughs> it's not going to change anyone's mind about anything. But isn't this when they come up and get back on their boat and Carlton and Azra are already there on their boat? And I, it I'm goes, like, how did they the get there? Goes... This was the boat that they would use to get out there. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. I understand they might not have trusted them and would follow them, but on what? They're just on the boat, Tom. There's no explanation. There's not another boat. They stowed away. They got to the boat. They got to the boat ahead of them. (laughs) This was their plan all along. Yeah, it goes full Thunderball in this scene. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's two there's two warheads at the bottom of the ocean. It, the, it looks like the, the nuclear bomb copy machine from Goldfinger. Uh, yeah, to me it looked like the nude bomb from the Get Smart movie. Exact. Well, you know, <laughs> potato, potato. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we get, we get bullets in the water, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say what we see is not what bullets do in water, nor what it looks like when it happens. <laughs> I don't even know, can you shoot bullets underwater? Don't they have to be... And again, I only got Live and Let Die to go on here, but don't they need to be, like, pressurized underwater bullets? The guns themselves, or just shooting yeah. into the water? the bullet. Well, if you shoot underwater, won't the bullet just go... Like that? <laughs> I don't no, I, mean, I think they're... I think you're right with, like, certain old guns, but I think guns now can shoot underwater. A lot of guns can shoot underwater. So, what? what Granted, it's what water, it? so it's not what's going a, at full velocity. What's the I point imagine, of a harpoon but... then? Well, a harpoons don't know what bullets can do. You know, harpoons are just out there on their own. Tom, <laughs> don't know what bullets <laughs> it's not the harpoons' fault. I think you mistakenly. I think you misheard what I said. I didn't. I didn't say <laughs> it's the harpoons' fault. Those fuckers. <laughs> I personified I know. harpoons for you. Yeah, I know. Ugh. I know they're interchangeable to Harry Callahan, but still. Yeah. Uh, uh, should we take one more break? Yeah, let's 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 do it. Oh, All I right. mean, I'm gonna. I'll just. I'll wrap up the the Bond references in this one little section. Yeah. Uh, she escapes using the view to a kill method. Yes. She, uh, yeah, I noticed that she too. Sucks out With the, the sucks mean... the air out of the thing. I su- yeah. I did write down. <laughs> I wrote down. What did I write down? Uh, luckily, luckily they left the floats, which was convenient. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Because why would they? <laughs> well, she needs to breathe underwater. In a that's rush. why. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I liked that though. All right. Break. Break. Very good, then. We'll be right back, everybody. Break water. (laughs) Does the coronavirus have you feeling oogie? Have you been sitting on your couch for weeks? Nay, have you been sitting on there for months? Well, it's time for you to get back in shape. Check out 2AT Fitness. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook. Tua T Fitness was started by Tina Bernard. 
She is ready and raring to go to help you get back into the shape you want to get into. They've got all kinds of classes. They've got outdoor in-person classes. They've got online classes if that's what you prefer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get back in shape. You're going to find a variety of exercises. You're going to have strength training, cardio, weightlifting, even fun five-minute burnouts that will push you to your limits. So get off the couch, get into shape. Go ahead and check out Tua T Fitness. Tina Bernard has got you for all your needs. I know her personally. She's fantastic. You're not going to meet a better person to help you become the new you. Check it out. We're back once again, everyone. Tom and I are finishing up with the who knows how much money this cost or made. Into the Blue 2, The Reef, directed by <laughs> Stephen Herrick. What a journeyman. Mm-hmm. Well, uh... And this is quite a journey also. It is. I can't get over his career and that he made yeah. this movie. Was it a slow decline or... I mean, you know, because he did 101 Dalmatians, and then... It's a big movie. I think it's Holy... Holy Man is that Eddie Murphy movie, right? Which was, I think, a big disaster. Uh, well, there we go. That's why. That's, There's Rockstar with uh, oh, yeah. Marky there Mark, which did not do well. And then there's Man of the House with Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. And it's... We did that on the other podcast. We did that. Chu and I did it on yeah, the How I Dare know. You podcast. I, I you know? recognize it, yeah. But, and it's not like it was a huge mo- money or, you know, movie or anything, but I don't think it was a terrible, terrible failure either. But you can see the sort of, you, you can see it kind of tapering yes. off into yeah. less successful efforts. Yeah, it's different than Mighty Ducks, Three Musketeers, Mr. Holland's Opus. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Bill and Ted, I mean, yeah, it's a huge movie. All right. Well, I think Mace and Kimmy get kidnapped, right? Yeah. Now, and, you're going to uh, call him t- Fabio, but I think his name is Milos. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, I just <laughs> took one look at him and I was like... I wrote down he's the chef slash assassin. <laughs> I and love they, that. And they tie them up. They tie them up, but not too tight. Not too tight. They're moving about on the floor and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, those are our heroes, the... though, right? Like, isn't it Sebastian yeah. that starts, you know, inchworming his way down the boat to try and... Yeah. Whatever, what is he going to do? He's going to signal? Ra- get on the radio. radio? Yeah. 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 I mean, why they left them in a room with the communication device also, I don't understand. I wrote down that that um, scene is amazing. Just watching him do that. Yeah. Kind of to your point, to your point on the uh, ranking episode about like the shit that probably happened to them. You're like, see this? That's from fucking Into the Blue too. I yeah. thought that guy's probably got rug burns from doing that like 50 fucking times. Definitely. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. And speaking to your kind of bad actor comments, we get the there's a shore patrol guy who finds Kimmy while she's shivering on the buoy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I still don't know whether this guy is an actor or not. Yeah, because he just plays it so down the middle. It's like could be a real shore patrol guy, right? Or it could just be a supporting actor making a choice. <laughs> I don't know. 
in that it's moment, almost too convincing. Danny's shivering reminded me of the woman from Jaws Two who sees her boyfriend get eaten in front of her, mm. like that kind of, you know. Yeah. We had shivering from cold and shivering from fear, but they they and they look a lot alike. So I was like, I wonder if that's her daughter. <laughs> and now we know what the title means, right? Into the blue. By the way, and I guess unsurprisingly, we've not talked about how this is a sequel in any way. No, yeah, this is this is its own thing. It's this just is an original. it's just yeah, this is just taking the title. And hoping that brings in some bucks. Have we ever done a movie? Well, I guess the house parties. Yeah. That are so unconnected to... To their predecessors. Their, uh, yeah. yeah. They're like, it's in the water. What more do you want? <laughs> water is blue. Let's get on with it. <laughs> is there a reef in this movie? Do they, do they actually talk about being <laughs> near a reef? I don't know why that, I hadn't put that together before. I don't think there's a reef in this movie. No. They just wanted. They, I guess. I guess they just wanted to tantalize people. This time, there's a reef. This time, there's a reef. Uh, I want an entire movie slash movie series about Paul the sheriff to find out why he is so easily talked out of his natural sleuth skills because he gets there and then he talks himself out of it. Yes. What happened to this guy? How how badly did he miss the mark that he doubts himself quite this much? Right. I'm, I think I'm at the hospital. Yeah, we're at the hospital scene. There's a great line here. You're supposed to say something heroic, literally hero shaming the hero of the film, yes. which tells us about how weak how weak source our heroes are. Yeah. In this movie, because um, I also have the line where he says, "You're gonna do what you do best." fuck shit up that is that's my <laughs> one of my favorite moments in this movie Amazing. i love that their plan is let's be fuck ups <laughs> a real sense of who our protagonists are judging by the nature of their but, scheme but <laughs> considering what happens to kimmy this was not good advice no 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 <laughs> killing uh, th- this is the thing like Mercia Mercia monroe is perhaps the best known of all the actors in the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I know her from episodes, but she's she's a fairly familiar face. So she's your B-lister in a movie full of C and D listers. Of C and D, yeah, exactly. And then they they decide to kill her off <laughs> two thirds of the way through the movie. <laughs> like one thing you can say about this film, it pulls no punches. No, we are happy to kill off our in quote star. Yeah. There were, there were no comeuppance for Sebastian on that count, though. His friend Mace no. does not he does not blame him in any way, shape, or form for causing his girlfriend to die. I might be reading between the lines here, but it seems to me they like life more as a threesome. Maybe. And again, there's a good I also, dark movie in there somewhere. I also, <laughs> because they find the treasure at the end, I felt like Mace is the kind of guy where... Finding treasure can alleviate a lot of terrible wounds. Mm. Yeah, Both psychological well, and physical. It's funny how this movie has an inflated sense of how important Monsieur Monroe's character is, and at the same time, an underinflated notion mm-hmm. <laughs> simultaneously of how of how unimportant and slash important her death is. 
In the hospital, I like that moment where Azra says it's five minutes to this payphone or whatever. Mm-hmm. You've got three. <laughs> <laughs> I got real Terminator 2 vibes from this. I did, yeah, totally. <laughs> I know this hurts. And a, a ruthless <laughs> psycho killer. Yeah. And the fun, the phone booth bits are kind of fun nods to like chase cliches. Well, it reminded me of uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Only slightly undermined by Kimmy's butt sticking out of her gown. In the back, yeah, but right. Gotta, this this movie does have it has a definite voyeuristic quality. There's a scene earlier where we sort of we we approach, we get a sneaky look at mm-hmm. a woman showering that seems to be like, is that the camera or is that a creepy guy? Right. Yeah. And there's a few moments like that where you just you just see a tit through an armpit. You know, it's kind of like a, <laughs> you're like, really? That's the that's the shot you went with that angle. Okay. The, that's the autourism coming through. It's through right, the armpit. exactly. Yeah. And she ends up in an aquarium. Uh, and I, at this point, I was like, they could have slashed this budget in half and just filmed the underwater scenes inside the tanks if they were going to use, <laughs> if they were going to book this aquarium out for the day. <laughs> but for a second, it sort of becomes like the the fun house from Man with a Golden Gun or Lady from Shanghai for a second. Totally, yeah. But. They don't have the budget or the. But in the middle of it, they kill Kimmy. In the middle of this chase, they kill Kimmy. I got to tell you, of all the movies we watched in 2009, this is one of my biggest surprises. Yeah. (laughs) This movie having the balls to kill Kimmy off astounded me. Absolutely. Yeah. And and something else that astounded me is that when when we have the, the boat fight. Everyone's oh. really getting stuck in. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's actually pretty visceral. Yeah, they're jumping off the <laughs> different levels of the boat yeah. and shit. Yeah. And it, again, it's like it's commitment you don't expect from this smaller movie. Especially because it looks like they're doing a lot of this themselves. Like you said, it yeah. looks like these actors probably hurt themselves pulling off some of this shit. I also love, and this is where, you know, B-movies are better than A-movies, in my opinion. Uh-huh. The villain gives up out of tiredness. Yeah. <laughs> These are my kind of people. Carlton, it's like I've had enough. This is, yeah. I've never worked it's this like, hard in my life. Yeah. It's like, I'm not sure how fit any of you are to be leading this film. <laughs> and then we get, you know, we get the Thunderbolt classic, the harpoon kill. Yes, right. Which is great. Um, and it, who says? Because I know Danny gets to the cop. Sebastian mm-hmm. harpoons Carlton. <laughs> but yeah. Azra is like she's on the pier or near the pier and then disappears. Yeah, literally but into thin air. Is it Mace or Danny that is? Are they talking to Sebastian? Because somebody says to somebody else, "You're not a murderer." And I'm like, I don't know. He put a harpoon through that fucking guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He seems very upset about it. No, they're all murderers, yeah. (laughs) But this this is, again, I keep saying this, but this was my absolute favorite moment of the movie. (laughs) You've Um, had at least three of those already. I know, I know. But this this really is this time. 
Fa- when when Fabio is fighting, is it Mace <gasps> in the water? Oh yes, yes. And I said out loud to myself, "Well, I was actually this." I said, "God, how funny would it be if he turns out he couldn't swim?" Yeah. <laughs> and then the movie goes and does it. That's the twist. Help me! Help! <laughs> Clearly, this film and I are working on the same level. What is parody to me is substance to them. (laughs) I literally, you can see it in real time in my notes. I said, this would have been the perfect time to reveal he can't swim. And then three three notes down, I guess the Fabio twist. (laughs) What I like about it is that the movie does a pretty good job of making the chef slash assassin Milos Fabio pretty formidable. Yeah. You know, he's got that James Bond second guy (laughs) low I admit fully, Tom, low rent style. Low rent. It's very low rent, yeah. But he's got that odd job kind of like, yeah, I wouldn't want that guy to be in front of me if I have to get around him. He's more like your CGI person from Dial of Destiny, I think. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, it's great. I love everything about him. Uh, so after after this, the, the framing device villains come back for the rest of their day of filming. <laughs> oh, wait. I might be wrong. Maybe it's... Does, is it Carlton that just says you're not a murderer when he's got the harpoon on him and he harpoons him? Oh, like like as a taunt, like you're yeah. not gonna do that. Could I be. like it even more if that's down. if that's the moment. <laughs> you're not a murderer. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Milos so, yeah, is a bad swimmer. Back. I wrote down. So good. And as you predicted. As I predicted, Fabio can't swim. And as you predicted, the baddies are going to be back for the last two minutes of the movie. Yeah, the silver hair guy is going to come back. I didn't... Uh, You know, because he is presented at the beginning of this movie as sort of the ultimate bad guy. And then you realize that he seems to be lower on the totem pole than Azra, which was surprising to me. Hmm. Well... Or at least yeah. Azra seems to be working for the person higher than him on the totem pole. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're angry. And I also kind of like that she gets sequel. away. <laughs> well, you know, she's. I was surprised they're on, you know, Into the Blue Astra. Into the Blue 3, Astra's Revenge. <laughs> yeah, and then. So then we. So this is. We still. We still. Uh, this is where the movie sort of goes beyond its means somewhat. First of all, we get the the reaction montage with the surf funeral circle. Oh, um, what an amazing moment when they all splash. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think oh. I didn't think a group of people could be discovered to be bad actors by splashing water. But yep. it happened in that moment. And that's the la- that's the last present day uh, scene in the film. And now we're six months later. Yeah, we got the time lapse. Weird that this film feels like it needs to have an epilogue. Uh, it's like the way this film start and finishes really surprised me. <laughs> and uh, 
uh, Sebastian's still hacking away in that sand. <laughs> right, yeah. It, om- it almost looks like a primitive fishing method. It, at one point, he nearly stabs a small fish. Like he's Tom Hanks? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And why have an epilogue that involves a shipwreck when you can't afford to show the, sh- the shipwreck? I mean, the closest well. we get is we, we hear them chipping away at it. Yeah. Off screen. Uh, but their solution is we're going to rent a boat for a day. Mm-hmm. So we can't show their haul, but we can show what they bought with, with the what money. they found. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like plot information, but without the without the visuals. But I, what I like, cause like I mentioned, because Azra ends up living, I just sort of like the idea that she's still out there. Like they're, they think everything's hunky dory, and I want into the blue three. Astra's Revenge, absolutely. Astra's yeah. yeah. And there's a postscript as well. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Which I guess they have to do in words because they ran out of money. I don't know. Um, but these there are, there's no sense as like of any... There are threesome now as well. That's the other yes, kind of right. funny thing about, <laughs> about the movie. So yeah, a bizarre, bizarre epilogue. <laughs> to tack onto this movie, but one that's that that in its way is immensely satisfying, like the rest of the movie. Oh yes, I think I've got it now. I apologize for bringing this up now a third time, but I'm pretty sure Carlton says you're not a murderer, and Sebastian says no, you are, and then shoots him with the harpoon. Perfect. No notes. Love no it. Notes. <laughs> Love it. That couldn't have gone down any other way. <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? Exactly. I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever. <laughs> Garbage man. I know you are, but I'm... Garbage man. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the end, Tom. That's, I mean, that's the end. Of, that's the end of Into, into the Flu to the Reef. Doesn't, doesn't that funeral moment with the water splashing go into slow motion at one point i haven't written it down but uh, yes I'm, I, I guarantee it how does stephen herrick know to make the emotional thing comical does he know that I don't, or uh, is that is that how it turned out i don't know i <laughs> i hope i hope it was on purpose yeah I hope he looked at the dailies or looked at the footage and said, yeah, we don't have it. It's not going to be emotional. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to slow this shit up. People are going to laugh. Because there's a close-up of Mace at one point where I thought that was the one that made me think, he can't even splash water good. (laughs) (laughs) He'd never been in the water before filming this movie. Yeah, right. He's like he's like from you know buttfuck Arizona or whatever. He's like, he's <laughs> yeah, never totally. three hundreds of miles from the water. It's the first time he's ever put his foot in the ocean. Oh man! Anything left for you? Uh, only the only the credits. Yeah, but beyond that, no, that's it. No, no, I've said everything. I I'm no closer to figuring out why I like this movie so much. No, but. Uh, I'm I'm more I'm more certain that I did, having talked about it. I have a feeling I might watch this movie again someday. Yeah. I I think, yeah I I feel like 
it's a video sequel I would, along with the Tremors series, I would happily go back to. Yeah, right. It's not as good as those, I don't get no. me wrong, but... Let's not go nuts. No. It's a... Uh... All right. It's a, well, na- it's uh... a night in. It's well, an credit... enviable night in. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, credit check me. All right, uh... So the the transition to Whale Song over the credits for all the stunt performers made it seem like those stunt performers died during mm-hmm. filming, like it was an immemorium. Visual effects and main title design Mechnology, which sounds like an evil comp- company that makes robotic monsters. Uh, <laughs> the Mechnology division. Uh, Wariako, this is a name of a song in the movie. Wariaka vibes, parentheses, open parentheses, pig mix, close parentheses, pig made mix. by... Right, that's the name of the song. The name of the artist is lowercase pig, uppercase factory. All one word. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about this credit. Who My main, But the, the overriding one is, what is a pig mix? I don't know. Is that a description of the mix or the disc jockey who makes the mix? <laughs> Was this ma- mixed by a pig? <laughs> well, because the one I wrote down was Say Hey, I Love You. Mm-hmm. Because I was curious when that movie came, or not movie, when that song came out. Yeah. Because I felt like this movie was late to picking that up. I mean, this mm. movie's 2009, and the the song came out in 2008, so I thought, like, I had to give the movie maybe a bit of a pass. Yeah. You know? Because I, I would have thought it was, like, 2005. Really... That's what it felt like yeah. to me, you know? Where this movie's there like, go. we got to get some, you know, the the hip now song. Well, songs like Crunk on the Dance Floor, <laughs> which uh, is exactly the kind of song title you'd expect. Um, some of the other songs, I, I stopped writing them down because they just looked like spelling mistakes and spam emails. All <laughs> over I was like, I'm not transcribing this. But I did, I did note names, names of some of the artists gracing the film's crowd track. We Please. got ourselves some Kale, Verboten, and Charlene. <laughs> My favorite one is Kale. <laughs> the fuck goes into the music business and calls themselves Kale. <laughs> oh, is that a rap name? Is that a DJ name? Is that a a singer songwriter name? Yeah. Who is Kale? I don't think Sting. I don't think Sting would have been as popular if he called himself Kale. Kale. <laughs> this is my new act, Broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> Cauliflower's gonna open up for him. That's right. Uh we get the standard disclaimer. Um, you know, any resemblance to any characters living or dead. Sure. I felt like they could have customized it for the sequel and put any resemblance to any characters from the original movie Living or Dead is entirely <laughs> coincidental. Or real people. Or or indeed or indeed real people. Um, yeah, I think that is, uh, that is it. Oh, oh, uh, unit production manager, Pixie Wispizer. So oh. <laughs> I just wanted to, wanted to say that I've never, uh, Pixie, Pixie is the first name, Wispizer, 
is the second name. Well, the first name is suspect, but the second name might have been your one person of color. Not not in front of the camera, but behind the camera. There you go. You're producing those units. Yeah. That's all I got. All right. <laughs> I called this movie good, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I don't think if I change anything about my rankings, it won't be anything to do with this movie. Yeah. What a good time I had watching this movie. Yeah. Not not I, a night wasted, I said. Not a night wasted. Uh, absolutely. I, I agree with that. And I felt... <laughs> I started out for the real... Because of the movies that I just watched in, um, before this. And just the general drudgery of this, this series that we're doing. Yeah. I was not looking forward to this. I thought. This yeah, was I wasn't happen. either. That was the best part of it. Was I thought this was gonna be. I thought this was gonna. Yeah. Be the, you know, the the anchor that would sink me for two thousand nine. Where there I, you go. You got like it. Like I'm got done. It. And you said it nautically. Yeah, I really thought this one would finish me off, but it actually gave me a lease of life that carried me through to the end of the. the Absolutely. End of the yeah. That does it for into the blue two the reef everyone. We want to know what you think. Can you still find it? <laughs> Will you watch it? I want you to do so and report back to us what you think. <laughs> That's what free trials are for, everyone. Yep. <laughs> 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, my ass. So do that. That's... Mm-hmm. Find, tell us what you think. You're going to have to find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. Don't find us anywhere else. Nix the Musk. Go ahead and send an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. All right. Well, we only have one left, right? That's right. We got to che it up. Yeah, that's right. Well, we saved the prestige movie for last. We're going to ask, what do you shay? <laughs> that's Sean Connery uh, saying what do you say <laughs> that's it say goodbye to everybody Tom Pearl Harbor part 2 <laughs> I don't remember that what was the context when for that uh, they're, they're talking <laughs> they're talking about the warheads what happens if the warheads go oh, off yeah, says, yeah. it could be Pearl Harbor part 2 and I know <laughs> it's just a sick joke but that's what this sequel could have started off as. <laughs> <laughs> think about think about the conversation we just had about this movie, how much we talked about it, and then how much we gave play and talked about the the main MacGuffin, the point of the fucking plot and movie. Yeah. The nuclear bomb that we didn't talk about at all, basically. That's well, great. We don't know what's there for most of the movie. Yeah. Imagine Thunderball, but not imagine watching Thunderball and not knowing. Not knowing what the is fuck? at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> That's the equivalent. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, too much. We'll be back with another episode next week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Go get this movie. <laughs>